Hi, Northeast boys and girls. This is Miss H, and this is the second episode of Miss H's Story Corner. Um, we're going to be reading another short story today, or I will be reading another short story today. I will post a link with the actual story if you want to read along with me. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy this piece of short story. Um, this is from an author named Jason Reynolds. We actually talked about him back all the way back in September. Um, we watched an author interview with him, and I'll post a link um, of what he looks like underneath this post as well. Um, but yeah, we're going to read this short story, and I hope you guys enjoy. Skitter Hitter by Jason Reynolds Maybe if Pia Foster had known yesterday, when the bell rang and she ran to her locker, grabbed her skateboard, and started kicking down the hall of Latimer Middle School, the wheels rolling and scratching over the floor sounding like the chugga-chugga of a small train, that the journey home would be different. She wouldn't have been in such a hurry. Maybe she wouldn't have ignored her classmates moving out of the way, sucking their teeth, all annoyed by her decision to dart through the crowd, as if riding on an arrow no one wanted to be struck by, shot from a get-out-of-school bow no one could see. Maybe she would have excused herself, apologized for almost clipping ankles or running over toes. Maybe she would have walked, for once. Maybe even stayed after and talked to Fawn Sams, the only other skater she knew. The only other skater who was a girl. The only other skater she respected. Maybe Pia wouldn't have would have tightened wheels with her. Talked about deck art, stickers, sneakers. Maybe practiced tricks in the parking lot after all the buses were gone. Heel flips. Kick flips. Maybe watch videos on their phones. Videos of Santi hitting ollies in a dress and pumps. Maybe Pia would have even told Fawn about her. About Santi. About what would have happened to her. Fawn would have listened. Might not have said nothing because Fawn didn't, don't talk much either. She would have listened for sure. Heard her. Maybe Pia would have done all this. Or maybe not. Maybe if she wasn't so soft-spoken. But she was, and the skateboard, like so many skaters, was her voice at the, its loudest saying, Get out of my way, or pay. She named her board Skitter, and called it She. Maybe if Stevie Munson had known yesterday the skateboard's name was Skitter, he would have said something. Maybe if he had known Pia's name was Pia. If he'd have known she had a big sister named Santi. Maybe if he'd have known these things, he would have done something. Something different. Something at all. The bell rang at Brookshire Boys Academy, and an ocean of testosterones crashed into the hallway, green ties swinging like polyester tails coming from their throats, matching pants and blazers, white dress shirts with soggy collars from all the neck sweat, and faded red splotches on their chests from the ketchup that missed their mouths. But Stevie's shirt was stained from lots of things. Food, sweat, magic marker, Marcus. Marcus Bradford was a box-faced baseball player who wrote stuff on the back of Stevie's shirt almost every day. Stevie was a sweater, so he always took his blazer off in class to avoid becoming a washcloth, something to wring out but the Oxford button-downs he wore underneath the blazer were all two sizes too big because his mom couldn't afford to buy new ones every year. School was already expensive enough, so the uniform he'd have to grow into. Everything will fit eventually, his mother would say, but the fabric was always so blousy and poofed away from Stevie's body in a way that made it impossible to feel Marcus's pens and markers gliding across the cotton. So Marcus used Stevie's shirts like locker room walls, 
for jagged graffiti and curse words. And maybe if yesterday Pia had known his name, Stevie, maybe if she had shaken his hand and said, my name is, and he'd say, my name is, she could have read his face, read his fear. Maybe he could have read hers, or maybe not. Either way, Pia would have taken her blouse, her house key from around her neck and clutched it with the teeth jutting between her fingers, a fist knife, just in case. Okay, we're about halfway done the story. Um, it's going to be a quick one, but it's a little bit longer than the other one that we had uh, for episode one. But I wanted to stop in the middle because I wanted you guys to think of something before we finish the rest of this. Um, so obviously we know our main characters are Pia and Stevie. All right, Pia is a skateboarder. She likes to skateboard. That's like her thing. And we know that Stevie is being bullied by this boy named Marcus. Um, so the one thing that I want you guys to think of while we're reading the rest of the story is I want you to think of the way Jason Reynolds, the author, keeps going back Maybe if she had done this, or maybe if he had done that. I want you to think why he would add those phrases into his story. Why is he looking back in his story? Why is he writing it this way? Okay, in regards to these two characters. All right, and we'll continue. Maybe Stevie wouldn't have been there at all yesterday with Marcus and the boys if he hadn't tried to figure out a way to get them to leave him and his shirt alone. Telling wasn't an option. Snitches get stitches, and sometimes dishes. That's what Marcus said the other day when Stevie found out Marcus had drawn a green penis on the back of his shirt. Greenness written underneath. Maybe Stevie wouldn't have even been there with them if his mother hadn't asked him what he was doing with all the bleach. Why was he using so much of it? Not that I'm not glad you're washing your own clothes, but detergent and bleach ain't free, she'd say. And what free... Stevie would say was, I'm sorry, but there's a boy in my school drawing all my clothes because then his mother would say, I don't send you to private school for boys to draw private parts on your private uniform that you still have to grow into, and do I need to call the principal? And Stevie didn't want to hear none of that. Stitches, remember? Maybe even ditches. Besides, Mr. Brock, the principal, already knew. He'd seen the boys, or he'd seen the pictures and words, and all he ever said was, boys will be boys. But whether Stevie told his mother about Marcus or not, yesterday, Pia still would have taken that way home. She still would have kicked down the hall, dashing through the crowd on her skateboard, ignoring all the teeth smacking and slick talk, and Mrs. Walkley yelling, No skating allowed! Feeling that freedom she was used to. The kind of freedom that comes from feet not touching the ground, coasting through the school door, weaving and winding across the pavement, riding the asphalt wave, avoiding the bus the bus waiters, and the pickup parents, the orange sashes of safety patrols and the sound of a whistle blown by the crossing guard, a whistle Pia never listened to because skating meant freedom. Rules were for the classroom, where teachers would say things like, participation is part of your grade. But Pia wasn't a participator, not in school. She spent most days daydreaming about frontside 180s while scribbling her sister's name on the desk, the S a geometric trick that looked more like a pointy eight, the way Santee always wrote it, and thinking about how much it sucked to roll an ankle, and yet rolling an ankle was way better than Miss Boone, Broom, calling Pia's name to ask her to explain what some old guy she never heard of meant in a story she never read but was supposed to read just because Miss Broom said she was supposed to read it. 
Pia was always ready to go, to cut into the wind and float down the Portal Avenue toward Bastion Street. Pit stop at the skate park. Skate down Santee's sidewalk. Roll towards home. Stevie was never ready to go, because to go meant to get got by Marcus and the boys. There was one time they grabbed Stevie by the tie and yanked it so hard that his neck was sore for a week. They called it, snatch the tail off the donkey. The triangle knot had been pulled so tight that undoing it was like trying to unravel a rock. So he cut it off, buried it in the bottom of his backpack, a dead fabric snake. Told his mother he lost it, and she lost her mind. I don't send you to a private school for you to lose ties. I send you there for you to be able to make them one day, she yelled. But she knew her son. Knew he was the kind of kid who would lose the brown off his skin if he closed his eyes for too long. Another time, when Stevie wasn't paying attention, Marcus and the boys ran up on him and threw a cup of water all over the front of his pants. Then they cupped their hands around their mouths and announced to much of the world as possible that Stevie had pissed himself. Even though Stevie said he hadn't, pleading like his life depended on it, they walked over to him howling and shrieking, Yo, you pissed your pants! Everybody, this fool pissed himself! Stevie was so embarrassed that he had almost matched their joke with the real thing. And then there was one time Marcus decided he needed to practice his wrestling moves, the one he watched on TV. And who better to practice on than Stevie? Kid never saw it coming. A body slam, an elbow drop, a pile driver, a pin on the sidewalk, one, two, three, while the other boys threw their hands up and cheered like audience members and taped the whole thing on their phones. Viral. So Stevie was never ready to go, until yesterday, when Marcus and the boys finally offered him freedom. Pia saw them yesterday. She was used to seeing them, and they were used to seeing her, but they never said nothing. Normally, they stepped to the side and let Pia skate by. It was usually only three boys standing along the fence at the skate park, but this time, four, dressed in green. And if Pia hadn't known Marcus, she would have thought private school guys were automatically good. She would have thought their ties made them mature. She would have thought they lived perfect lives in perfect neighborhoods in perfect houses with clean windows and green grass, grass even greener than their jackets, houses that smelled like coffee in the morning and popcorn at night. But she knew Marcus. Marcus's mother owned the salon Pia went to whenever her mom made her get her hair done, which was mainly for holidays, when they would have to go to her grandmother's for dinner. And her mother had learned a long time ago that the only way to get Pia to go to the salon without kicking was to let her take Skitter, the skateboard, with her. Let her kick around that parking lot until it was her turn in the chair so that Pia wouldn't have to sit for hours flipping through old magazines filled with fancy advertisements and stick figure models with bodies pretzeled up, printed on paper that smelled like the perfume Santee wore. When she was smaller, Pia would sniff the pages. Once, when the salon was really backed up, she sniffed and sniffed until the strange mixture of glue, ink, and flowers made her nauseous. She puked all over the salon floor. That was when her mother had finally given in and allowed her to bring the board with her. At first, whenever Pia skated back and forth across the parking lot across the salon, Marcus, who was always pouting while sweeping up the hair inside the salon, would come out with her. One time, he asked if he could ride Skitter. Pia picked the board over to him, kicked the board over to him. Marcus put one foot on the deck and steadied himself, and as soon as he lifted the other foot, the board flew out from under, underneath him. He caught air before slamming to the ground, only to find that his pants had split up the middle and his superhero briefs were on blast. 
but Pia didn't laugh. Instead, she tried to help him up, but he couldn't take her hand, cover his butt, and wipe his eyes at the same time. He never came outside with her again except for one day, years later. And on that day, he didn't speak to her or ask to ride her skateboard. He just sat on the curb and watched, but pretended he wasn't watching, as Pia kicked harder than usual, sailing over the asphalt, grinding her board against the curb, scraping it like she hated it, almost violently. Attempting tricks she knew she couldn't do, rocketing to the ground over and over again, then getting back up, getting back on, ignoring Marcus's fake chuckles. She could never forget that day. It was the day she was getting her hair done for her sister's funeral. A jacked-up French roll with what felt like 200 bobby pins that started itching as soon as she left the chair. Pia felt that same itch when she saw Marcus and the boys yesterday, when she saw the knots at their throats and felt a knot in hers, because she knew Marcus. She knew where his mother's black eyes were coming from, where her swollen jaws and forehead lumps were coming from, because that same day, Pia sat under the dryer two years back, after her wash and before the French roll was put in, she heard her mom ask Marcus's mom what, when she was going to leave Marcus's father. With the dryer whirring in Pia's ears, it sounded like the two women were whispering in a tornado. But Pia could still hear them through the storm. I ain't trying to get in your business, Lydia, I swear, and if you tell me to mind my own, I will. I mean, with Santi's death and this one here, I got more than enough to mind. But I can't sit here and pretend like I don't see what I see. And I'm definitely not about to act like I don't care about you, Lydia, you and Marcus. So I gotta ask you, before this man kills you, when you gonna leave? When Stevie realized yesterday that the girl skating down the street was going to be a target, and that target would be the ticket to him being left alone by Marcus and the boys, accepted as one of them, he got nervous. Nauseous. What, what are we doing? He choked on his words. Just playing a game, Marcus said, grabbing Stevie's shoulder like a baseball to be fastballed at Pia. But Stevie had a curveball in mind, told Marcus he wouldn't do anything to her. I don't want you to do nothing to her, Marcus scowled. Just take her skateboard, that's all. The boys lined up, became a wall on the sidewalk, and Pia thought about hopping the curb to go around them. But she knew better than to skate into oncoming traffic. She cut it too close before. Too scary. So Pia reluctantly put a foot down, dragged her sneaker along the concrete to slow down, then stomped the back of her skateboard, flipping it up into her hand. Excuse me, she said politely to Marcus. Excuse you, he said back, puffing his chest. Pia never looked down, looked each boy in the face. Each of them looked back, except for one. The new boy, Stevie, looked everywhere else. To the left, to the right, up and down, anywhere but at her. Let me borrow your board, Marcus said, just for a second. A man's been working on a trick and he wanted to show us, Marcus nudged Stevie. You don't look like you skate, Pia said, sizing Stevie up. I bet he skate better than you, Marcus stepped towards her, Yankee Stevie with him. Stevie looked like he was two seconds from vomiting the bones out of his body, leaving him as nothing but a skin suit lying on the sidewalk. Pia could smell Stevie, a punchy musk, stronger than the perfume in the magazines. He was sweating through his blazer. And before he could answer, Marcus reached for Skitter, grabbed the board, and yanked it. But Pia wouldn't release it. After a back and forth, Pia gripping the board with both hands, Marcus tried a different approach. He let go, and Pia stumbled back, but didn't fall. Balance. But Marcus was right there to do gravity's work, shoved her to the ground. 
The skateboard flew from her hands and skidded into the street where a car, horn blaring, rolled over it. Oh, the boys howled as the wooden planks split, their stupid excitement splintering Pia's skin. Her voice cracked, broken in half. She got up and ran, mind racing, thinking about Santi. Stevie chased behind her. Pia ran faster, thinking about Santi, how she was pushed off her board by a boy. Stevie stopped running. Pia ran home, thinking about Santi, how the boy was just mad Santi was a better skater than he was. Pushed her onto the street, thinking about himself. Oncoming traffic. Had Stevie known that's what it would have, that's what it would be to take, excuse me, had Stevie known that's what it would take to be one of Marcus's boys, he wouldn't have come yesterday. Or maybe he would have. But he would have said something. Would have stopped Marcus. Why didn't he say anything? Why didn't he stop it? That's what he asked himself as he walked down back the sidewalk. That's what he asked himself when he tipped onto the street, his hand off timidly as traffic slowed for him and picked up the cracked halves of the skateboard. He held them like he was holding a broken heart, looked around only to find that Marcus and the boys had left him like the suckers they were, like the sucker he was. And maybe if Pia had known Stevie had picked up the pieces of her board, maybe if she had known that he took them home with him, maybe if she'd known that he'd finally told his mother about Marcus, told her where all the bleach was going, why he had to wash his clothes every day to try to remove the stains and marks and words inked into his uniform, showed her the tie he'd cut off his neck and hid in the bottom of his bag, the one he said he'd lost, explained why he hadn't had an appetite, why his grades were slipping. Maybe if Pia had known that he told his mother what he had just done, what he didn't do, what he'd just seen. Maybe if Pia had known that his mother struggled to hold back a scream, helping him tape the deck back together, punished him, sent him to bed, woke him up early this morning for extra chores. Maybe if Pia had known that his mother, after meeting with the principal, pulled Stevie out of school early, drove him to what they have guessed was Pia's school, the only public middle school in the area, sat stuck in traffic lecturing him, paying no attention to the news on the radio. A school bus had fallen from the sky. Made him stand outside the entrance and wait for Pia awkwardly. Maybe if Pia had known that Stevie was coming to apologize for his silence, maybe, 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 just maybe Pia wouldn't have left through the back door. Today. With Fawn. To walk to the cemetery. To visit Santi's grave. And ask her questions. Hard questions. About boys. Okay, so there is the end of the story, and I want to make a clarification. Um, there are actually two different titles for this story. Um, the one that I told you was Skitter Hitter, which is, you know, like the sub uh, title for it, but the actual title of it is called Bastion Street. So I'm going to make sure I put that up on the um, uh, the title screen for the podcast, that the actual story is called Bastion Street, and then the subtitle is called Skitter Hitter. Um so what I wanted to talk to you um, guys about this story was basically this was a little bit of a longer one, especially, um, you know, comparing and contrasting to episode one. But I thought this was a really interesting story um, to read to you guys, uh, mainly because it has, you know, kids. I mean, they are in middle school, so they are a little bit younger than you guys. Um Usually the things that they go through are a lot of the same things that you guys are probably going through when you guys were in middle school or even in high school. Um, so I thought this was a perfect story to kind of discuss these types of things. Um, 
So the main thing, and like I said, when it comes to these podcasts, you don't have to answer any questions. I'm not grading you on it. But if you just want to think about these things, um, if you want to you know, comment on the, uh, the link underneath the podcast and have a discussion between you guys, that is absolutely fine. Um, but, you know, that's completely up to you. Um, but the thing that I wanted to ask you guys about this short story was what makes Pia and Stevie's relationship so close, but at the end, so far? You know, we don't really have much of them talking to each other. We go back and forth between Pia's point of view and Stevie's point of view, and we feel like we get to know them really well. Um, And I think that's something because of how Jason Reynolds writes the story. He says, maybe if she had known this, or maybe if Stevie had known this, right? It's all about these maybes. If this certain time would have just gone and they would have met each other before all of this happened, then maybe this thing wouldn't have happened. Maybe she wouldn't have been pushed by Marcus and his gang. Maybe her board wouldn't be split down the middle. Right? Maybe she wouldn't have almost been killed the same way her sister, Santi, had been killed. Right? Um, So I think that Jason Reynolds is sending a very powerful message here where, you know, every little thing you do can result in something different. Right? If you decide to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning versus getting up at 10 o'clock in the morning, it can completely change the way your day goes. Right? It's kind of like what they talk about the butterfly effect, you know? If you kill a butterfly at one point in time, it could drastically change something else in the future, right? So I think this is what Jason Reynolds was trying to get at with this short story. I think he was trying to tell us that we need to be aware of our decisions because our decisions can drastically, you know, alter the future. And in this case... If Pia had known Stevie beforehand, right, if she wasn't, you know, trying to skateboard out of her school so quickly and get home so quickly, maybe she would have seen Stevie beforehand. Or maybe if Stevie had just gone and asked her what her name was beforehand and not stayed silent when Marcus was making fun of her, maybe things would have ended up differently. Um, So... Yeah, this is just a short little discussion that I wanted to have with you guys. You can think about these things, but if you guys have any other questions, please feel free to comment them underneath the podcast or in Google Classroom, and you guys can have a discussion about this yourselves. Um, Please keep a lookout for other episodes. I'm looking for other short stories that I can read to you guys, but if you are enjoying this, please let me know. I know this is a hard time for all of us, you know, staying at home and not being able to leave home. It may seem like it's a good thing because we're not in school right now, but in the truth, the whole truth of it is, is that I really miss you guys. I miss you guys as my students and I miss teaching you guys. So this is just one way that I can reach you and I hope this is a good way, you know, to reach you, Um, even if it's not to be right in front of you. Hopefully just reading these stories can actually um, make your day a little bit brighter or do something a little bit different every now and then. Um, But that's going to be it for me today. I hope you guys enjoyed this story, and I will see you next time. Bye, Northeast.